Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 57 of Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Man, I stumbled on it for the first time that, in a while. Yeah, you'd had, you had a really good streak, but that was the first time. I was trying to swallow like in mid-sentence, you know? Gutsy. Yeah. We are here in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, the Cyclone Fanatic offices in Ankeny. What's up, brother? Just trying to get over the loss, you know, just like everyone else. Yeah, it's been a rough day. It has. Uh, not as rough as last night after the game, though. That was rough reading my Twitter timeline. Everyone was like, that was about as bad as I think I remember. On Twitter, I, I purposely stayed off the forums last night, but on, on Twitter for sure, I think that was by far the most extreme reaction I've ever seen cycle on Twitter, and that's saying something. Yeah, it was just everybody Everybody was mad at everyone. Like, no one could do anything right at that point. Yeah. There were, there were, you should have seen the Cyclone Fanatic mentions. Oh, I'm sure they were terrible. Yeah. People weren't happy with us. Yeah. It, well, they probably called us out for all predicting Iowa State to win, too. Yeah. Didn't yeah. The, and I quoted the one guy. He said something, and it, he, it turned out that he was being sarcastic. He like sent uh, me a message and apologized. Probably time to start. It, it was probably time, time to start uh, or stop yeah, so, predicting 10 point victories. Yeah. And I, and you know, I, I replied, Quoted it with the snarky comment of in a you know checks yeah. notes games a game Iowa State was <laughs> favored by ten in, uh, and then he was like I'm sorry like, I was just being sarcastic mm. and I was like no I get it like there's yeah. there was plenty of people though that were mad at us so it's hard to filter it sometimes yeah. when when ninety five percent of your mentions are are negative you kind of just lump everyone in there man can I vent about something for a second sure. All right. Well, I'm going to vent. I think we're both just going to vent about things in a minute, but I got another one. So, and this is something that a lot of journalists, like it's like a, you know, one of those journalist things where during the game, someone like people tweet at them and say, what, what channel is the game on? (laughs) Yeah. You know, what time does the game start? So yesterday afternoon, someone tweeted at me and said, they replied to my preview and said, what, does anyone know what time the game is and what channel it's on? Anyone that's ever read my previews probably knows that literally the top four lines, the first line is the time of the game and the third line is what channel it's on on TV. And I replied and I said, well, it's in the first and third line of the article. It's like, but it's 8 p.m. on yeah. ESPN2. I have a hard time going to sleep after games. Uh, just in general, especially ones like that. That was obviously a frustrating one. Yeah. At two o'clock this morning, I got a DM from this person. Same guy or different guy? Uh, it's actually a woman, but oh. uh, 2.07 a.m. It says, BTW, you are so disrespectful. I didn't read the entire... Yeah, I said, I like said that's in the story, you know. It said, you are so disrespectful. I didn't read the entire story because it was a tweet. <laughs> So basically, she didn't read the story. Yeah. So she just is saying, I didn't click on your link. Yeah. And that's why I didn't know what time it was. And then it's like, we could just click on the link. Yeah. And I and I was like, man, like, even what I said, I don't think was really disrespectful in comparison to what I could have done. No. You know, yeah, I could have quoted it and shamed her. Exactly. You, know? you could have had her tarred and feathered. Well, yeah. And, that, and that's why I, I replied. And I was just like, so I just answered your answered your question. I was like, a lot of people probably would have mocked you. Exactly. I was like, you asked a question that you could literally one click could get you the answer. 
Right. And it's like you're already on the internet. Like if you're on Twitter, you're on the internet. Yeah. So Google it. Go- yeah, exactly. And that's kind of why I said I was like, you like all you had to do is Google it and you're asking me. And it really it, just goes to show. I was like, I'm sorry that you thought it was disrespectful. I was like, that wasn't the intention. But I'm just saying, like, that's like when you ask a question like that, you're asking for a snarky response sometimes. And it goes to show stuff like that goes to show how much society these days is like everyone wants to have things given to them. Like they don't want to have to seek it out on their own. They just yeah. want it to be plopped in their lap. When I literally, like it literally was plopped in your lap in the form of the tweet that you replied to. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing that you could have done is include that information right in the tweet. But at the same time, like, no, you, you shouldn't have to do that. Right. Click my link. Exactly. Pay my salary. Yeah. But that, I, that I, won't click. It's going to pay Jared's entire salary. <laughs> I read that this morning and I just was baffled. I was like, it's like disrespectful. Like, what did I do that was disrespectful? Then, yeah. The fact and that why, she and, DM'd well, you and called you disrespectful. Well, and that's what I was also thinking. I was like, and the fact that you're still thinking about this 12 hours later. Got to take out your, your game frustrations somewhere, man. Just, Might as well go in Jared's DMs and send him a message. Was, well, yeah. I was just like, man, like, how much does I have to, like, how much do you have to have sat and stewed over that before you're finally like, I'm going to say something to him, call him disrespectful? <laughs> you're probably just laying there in bed like, on your phone. You're thinking, oh, man, what, what happened today? What happened that I could really close my day on a high note? Oh, yeah. I'm going to message Jared and get, get him back for being disrespectful. Right. I was just like, man, okay. Yeah. Whatever. But no, Iowa State, 73-69 loss to Baylor last night. A lot of people frustrated. Where do you want to start with this? Uh, we could start with giving up 18 offensive rebounds. Yeah. I think that that's probably the natural starting point. And I think, too, that's where the biggest gripes came into play. Mm, that's the stat that you can look at and be like, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. And it, I mean, it obviously helped that that was really pointed out a lot by coach Prome. And I mean, obviously that was a huge piece of the game. Yeah. And I, there's two sides to the argument. There's the one where there were a lot of people that were questioning who was playing in the game. And I know that you and I texted about this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people wanted to see George Condit, and I'd like to know. I'd like to know your thoughts on this before uh, before before I go into anything. My thought when I saw people tweeting that mid game was like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, George Condit is known for being like a, a shot blocker, but isn't, so is Cam isn't, Lard- isn't Cam Lar too? That's yeah, exactly where yeah. I was going with this. It's like, what what makes you think that Condit?" would be an upgrade over Cam Lard. See, and my thing, I think as much as anything, people were asking for him because of, just because clearly something wasn't working and it was like, just throw someone else out there that can do it mm-hmm. or like that you think can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And here's my thing. I think that George could bring something to the table. The guy's obviously a high motor kid. Like he, we've seen the energy that he can bring to the game. Uh, but like I said, we've also seen Cam do that mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and the other thing is that more often than not, in a scenario like that, I have a hard time really committing and being passionate about the idea that when those guys, when Cam Lard, who's played at this point, 50 games of college basketball. Michael Jacobson, who's probably played damn near 100 games of college basketball, 
that if those guys are getting their asses kicked by those dudes from Baylor, I have a hard time thinking that the six foot 10, 200 pound true freshman is going to go out there and make that much of a difference. Yeah. Especially when, when they will, they admitted after the game that the team came in and flat kicked their ass, you know, and they just bullied them and dominated them in the paint. Yeah. And it's like, what, what makes you think the slightest post on Iowa State's roster is going to get it done in a game like that? And, and it's not that I don't think George can't, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think that George is going to be a really good player. I just think that to say, well, why the hell didn't we play George Condit? And like get really worked up about that. That is just, that's weird to me because it's like, man, like I can see the logic behind it because George has played in what? Three big 12 games. Mm-hmm. And they were when Cam was hurt. Mm-hmm. And he played all right. And yeah, yeah, he played fine. I'm not saying that he played bad. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's like it. I don't know how big of a difference you think that that's going to make at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's one of those things where people expect instant gratification on some level. So it's like the guys on the bench. It's like the guys on the bench. We've seen what he can do in some of these games. It's like put him out there. Yeah. Send him out there to do it. Realistically, how many true freshman bigs in the Big 12 do you see go out and do anything like that at a high enough level to where it would have made that big of an impact from year to year? Not many. I mean, you could say Cam Lard last year, but that's only because he had to play out of necessity. And the other, the other guys that do it, what happens to them after that one year? Yeah. Where do they go? Mm-hmm. They go make a lot of money. Yeah. And that's my only thing is it's like, and I tried to... I tried to tell people this before the season started. I had a hard time seeing a path to where George was going to play a lot of minutes in the Big 12. Especially expecting Solomon Young to be healthy. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's another, another side of it. But yeah. I'm just saying, because of the, the way that he came in, and we all knew from the beginning that he was probably going to be a project at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, And even with Cam. It's not like Cam was 18 years old mm-hmm. when he got here. He'd had, or like when he started that freshman year, he'd had the entire spring before that in the weight room, in the gym, with the team, working out and like getting used to college. Mm-hmm. Like I said, George is like 6'10", 200 pounds. Yeah. He looks like he would be blown over by a stiff wind. Yeah. Not many big guys in the Big 12 look like that. Look what the guys at Baylor looked like last night. Yeah. Do you think that George Connett's going to go out there and be ready to bang around with those dudes? No, those guys are grown men. Exactly. And that, that's, where I, that's what my thing, when I saw that stuff, I was just like, like I get where people on some level are just grasping for straws. And I, and I can see where the things you've seen from George in the past, like where you're like, okay, this is what he could bring to the table. But I'm just thinking realistically where it's like, man, when like you're just getting physically owned, I don't think that putting one of the least physically imposing people on your team out there is the right move, you know? And he's long, but again, he's gonna get pushed around. Yeah, and that's, and what were they doing? Everybody was getting pushed around. Yeah. One team just wanted it a lot more than the other one, it seemed like last A ton of the offensive rebounds given up were because the guards didn't box out. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it was. And that that was my thing, where I'm like, okay. And I I know that when, like in a game like that, you're looking looking for just anything. It's like, well, if you had done this, like what could have been different? Yeah. I don't think that the outcome would have been any different if you throw George Condit out there for eight minutes. Agreed. I, I really don't. 
you know, and that's nothing, like I said, that's nothing against George because I think George is going to be a really good player for Iowa State. Yeah. But it is just, it takes time, man. You don't see Scott Drew playing true freshman big men like that very often. Mm-hmm. And you, and he gives them the time and look what happens. They look at the run of big men that they've had. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what I tried to say before the season. I was just like, I see there needs to be a path with this kid where you, whether you redshirt him or whatever you do, he just doesn't play huge minutes, but you give him that time to, to develop mm-hmm. and get better and get himself into the groove of like what he's going to do eventually. And I think that that would pay dividends for him in the long run, much more than throwing him out there against a bunch of grown men for Baylor and let him get his ass kicked, yeah. you know, and, and like let his confidence potentially get shot. That's where I was coming from, from mm-hmm. with that entire thing. And that's because there's a blueprint in the league that's done it at a high level for a long time already and like i'm just like yo yeah like no regardless of what you guys think george was not a mcdonald's all-american <laughs> no. like he was not a top 100 recruit even he was the lowest rated recruit in the class mm-hmm. you know he was probably the le- he was by far the least ready to come in and play right away of any of those guys and that's where i'm just like that guy is not the one probably that is going to be the savior in a moment like this. Agreed. So then that kind of leads us into the next point, which I think you are going to get at eventually is people were asking, why don't we play two big men at the same time? And I think it has to be a lot to do with what Prome sees behind the scenes at practice, or maybe because the offense would be the spacing on offense would be a really, you know, mucked up. You got an important text. Uh, I don't know. We can edit this. No, it's all good. I don't. <laughs> this, somebody sent me this really weird message. I can't. Did you get another DM from? I the can't same figure lady? out what. Uh, all right, I'll no, I'll I, I'll right. tell you about that during a break. I don't. <laughs> I I really can't even like comprehend what's what it said while okay. I'm trying to talk. But all right. so yeah, the, two two big the men. two big men thing. Yep. Um, my only thing is that if they do that, and maybe you do it in certain matchups. How does that um, sacrifice? Maybe that's not the right word. How does that like? How does that impact Iowa State's other strengths? What you're, yeah, what you've done all season long that's made you so good. Yeah, you know, and I mean, imagine the spacing with Cam Lard and George Condit on the floor. Yeah. Because what do those two guys do? Neither, they do the neither, exact same thing. Yeah, Cam has has range to about fifteen feet, but even then, he needs to stay basically on the block. Yeah, how often does Cam shoot from fifteen feet? Not like probably once or twice this whole year. Yeah, I mean, if I think if we looked it up, looked up his shot chart, there would not be very many shots that are outside the the painted area. Yeah, and with Jacobson, even like everybody bitches about him shooting threes. Yeah. Is, okay, well, you got to have somebody that's going to space the floor in that situation. Otherwise, you're just going to have two dudes on the block. And I'm I'm sorry, but if you have those two dudes on the block, you know what it does? It seals the driving lanes that have allowed your team to have success. Yeah. And that's where that that's my only thing. And it's like I get what people are saying on that thing too where it's like play two bigs, play two bigs. The strength of the team is in the guards. Yeah. And they're going to win as the guards go. So then the response, the guard, to, it, it comes down to the guards just need to do a better job of rebounding. The absolutely. Basketball. And I, the, I, in that situation, like last night, it comes down to them having to do a better job. And I think the, the response to what you just said would be that people would want the, the bigs to play a high, low kind of set. But even then that still clogs up the lane. 
Okay, so if you play a high low set, are you gonna run are you gonna run your offense through Cam Lard and Mike Jacobson? That's when thing. you've got Mariel Shayok and, and Tyrese Taylor, Taylor Horton Tucker yeah. and Tyrese Halberton and Lindell Wigginton and yeah. Nick Wilder Babb. Does that make any sense? No. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. That that's what I'm I'm saying. It's like, okay, yeah, if you've got Diedrich Lawson and you know, Yudoka Azabuke, that's yeah. one thing. It makes sense. But nobody here is gonna accuse Cam Lard of being you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Joel Embiid, you know? Yeah. And like, nobody's going to accuse Mike Jacobson of being Bill Walton at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Like that, it, that's where, that's, it's just like, I, I think you are. You, you sacrifice a lot of benefits for one small. Benefit. For one thing. Yeah. And like I said, I think that as much as anything, man, it, I think that it comes down and this is what I was going to eventually get to. This is what I think all of it boils down to more than anything about the lineup changes, the lineup combinations, anything like that, you know, putting somebody else out there. I think it comes down to the fact that somebody on this team needs to nut up and just say, we're not losing. I'm tired of this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I think that this team is missing. And at this point, unless someone on the team is going to step up and do it, there's nothing, it's not going to change. Yeah. Because you can't, it's not like you can add somebody to the team now. Think about what, I was talking to Chris about this last night. Think about what this team would be like if they had Melvin Edgen. Just a dude, when, when the game is on the line like that, he's going to say, no, F you, I'm going to win. That's yeah. my basketball. Yeah. And in, or Dustin Hogue, when the ball's up in the air and it's time to win the basketball game and you got to get the rebound, mm-hmm. he's going to say, that's my ball. Same and way. if you want that ball, yeah. you better get to my level of intensity to go get it because yeah. you're not going to get it if you don't. Really, they just need to go back and watch film of that 13-14 team with DeAndre Kane. And that's the it. other guy. Yeah. Those two dudes, I think that Melvin Edgem and DeAndre Kane would have killed somebody to win a basketball oh, game. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like those guys cared so much. And when it came time to win the basketball game, like they were going to do whatever they had to do to win the basketball game. Yep. And that's what I think this team misses. Where when that moment comes, I think you see a lot of guys that are standing around with deer in the headlights. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating because they're so talented. This team is so much more talented than that probably team. that one was. Yep. But they don't have that guy who just has the edge who's just going to mother F people, dude. Yeah. Like the killer. That when. Like, and I was talking to Kirk Holland about this even today. I said, watch Zion Williamson tonight when Duke plays North Carolina. When it comes time for that, for the game is on the line, it's like, we got to get a rebound. We got to get to the rim. We got to do whatever. He's going to do it. That dude does it. Yeah. We got to get a stop. That man wants to compete, bro. Mm-hmm. And because, that's because all he cares about is winning the basketball game. And and I don't and I'm not saying that these guys don't want to win. Like don't don't think it's like that. Yeah. But I'm just saying there are some people out there that when that moment comes, they thrive. They get a look in their eyes that it's like I'm going to stay away from that dude because he looks like a crazy mother effer. Yeah. Like and I don't want anything to do with him right now. Mm-hmm. And but you know what? Those dudes win. Yeah. And I don't see that look in the eyes of these guys when those moments come. They took the lead, got to stop. Gave up an offensive rebound and gave up a three. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that should have been the moment when it's like, we've got the lead now. We've got an opportunity to get the basketball back. That's our basketball. Let's go bury him. Yep. That's what time it was. 
And instead, they give up an offensive rebound where the ball bounces around forever. All of a sudden, it's in somebody's hands and they're drilling a wide open three. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what to me is frustrating to watch is it's just like, there's too many people who are, I wouldn't say passive necessarily, but they're not going to get into somebody's face and mm-hmm. say, step the F up. Yeah. Get it together. It's time to win the game. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think they've had some of the struggles in these games. And think about some of the teams that they've had those struggles against. Mm-hmm. Kansas State, those are the toughest mother efforts in, in the league, dude. Yeah. Like, when it comes time for them to do that stuff, Barry Brown, when it comes time for Barry Brown to knock down the shot, Barry Brown's going to knock down the shot more often than not. McCole mm-hmm. Mayween's going to go get the board, you know. Uh, Baylor last night. When it comes time for those guys to go get the, the rebound, they can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're going to go get the damn rebound. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why I think they won the game last night is because they just had guys that said, I am going to do my job right now at such an intensity level and, and do it with so much determination to win the basketball game that you are not going to stop me unless you match that. Yeah. And they didn't do it. And that's, that's frustrating. And I don't know what you can do because you can't change people's personalities. But yeah. when they, like a game against that game against Kansas State in Manhattan, you, they buried them because they didn't give them the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. You see the flashes of it where when you have a chance to bury somebody, when you have a chance to get the lead and you get a stop and you put your foot on their throat and you stop, dude, and you said, no, you're done. We're winning the basketball game. Mm-hmm. That's when you get the three-pointer from Taylor Horton Tucker that banks in to put you up 12, and the game is over at that point. Mm. The other team is going to have to do something completely different from what they ever do to have any opportunity to ever win the game. Mm. And last night, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it against TCU. They, they just couldn't get themselves back into the game close enough. Anytime that they would get an opportunity, the same thing. Yeah. Get the, into the shot clock, allow a guy to drive into the lane, lay up. Or offensive rebound tip in. Mm. Offensive rebound three-pointer. Kansas State, same thing. Up four. Late in the game, got an opportunity to bury him. Same stuff. It, that's what it goes back to. They don't have a guy. They don't have a couple guys or whatever that just when it comes time to that, it's like you know that in this moment, that guy is going to make the play. Yeah. That was a real good rant. <laughs> do, you get, like, do you get what I'm I 100% saying? agree. It's, a, it's an attitude thing. Yeah. And it's just, and like I said, there's nothing, there's nothing that can be done to change it. Yeah. At this point, because sometimes that guy might not be the best player. Would you ever say that Melvin Edgem was the most talented player on one of the teams he played on? No, absolutely not. But you know what? He busted his ass. Melvin Edgem was going to play a hell of a lot harder than a lot of other people. Yeah. Dustin Hogue that year. Think about how many times Dustin Hogue made a play that it was like, that was huge play. The one I think about that game when they played Oklahoma State, I think it might have even been the Big 12 opener where. They had the ball. I think this was the second year that he was here. They had the ball with a chance to tie on the sideline and got a wide open three-pointer in the corner. And Dustin Hogue busted his ass to get from one side of the floor to the other to block the shot out of bounds and end the game. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Do you trust anybody right now to make that play? No. No. And And it's not that they can't do it. It's just that like 
I don't see it in them where it's like when that time comes that he says, you're not getting that shot. Like that's not going to happen. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that shot's not wide open. Yeah. And that, that's what is, is hard to, I think fathom and or like not necessarily fathom, but I think that at the end of the day, when it comes time to, to win and it's, it's win or go home time. I think that that is going to be the reason that they, that they go home. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have that guy. They have to win games in a fashion to where they have buried the team long before you can ever get to that point. Because mm-hmm. if they don't, they're going to lose. I 100% agree with you. Um, the scary thing is if this team, their attitudes don't change, they, what they need to do is they need to be so focused on the details. Like, you know, making sure they get a butt on people when they're boxing out. You know, all, all the small things that go into the offense of execution and all that stuff. They seem to be laser focused, and that that's the other scary thing is that it doesn't seem like a lot of times this team has that focus. And that's I think I think it all boils down to the same thing, where it's like those guys, the guys that I'm talking about, DeAndre might not be in that same. I mean, DeAndre was really freaking good. Yeah, you know, like it, nobody here is going to say DeAndre was not really like was not stupid good, mm. but he did the same thing, like where he just he was stupid good, and he had that. Yeah. And that's what made him an All-American, mm. you know? And, but a guy like Melvin, a guy like Dustin Hoke, I think we could, there's even other guys that we could go down this list that it's like, that have that same thing. That when you just need someone to step up and make a play, and it is that time where it's just like, you just have to do your job right. And you cannot rely in any way on your natural born ability. You cannot rely in any way on who is, who when the NBA scouts are looking at these teams, who's the better basketball player here? Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who is going to do their job the best? Who's going to do their job with the highest level of intensity? And they're going to force their opponent to match that level of intensity. And more often than not, the other team is not going to do it. Yeah. No matter how much talent you have to kind of, to quote Paul Rhodes here, you got to have a lunch pail mentality. Yeah. And that's what I think that these, I think that they, these guys almost don't have that to some level, Mm. you know? But that, but you know what? There's a lot of guys who don't. And that's because, and like, that's the difference I think between absolute great players and just really good ones. Iowa State has a lot of really good players. Mm. A lot of really good players. Does Iowa State have a great player? No. Not right now. Not right now. They, hey. They could. would Would it shock me if anybody changed? No. And that's the thing, like if, if someone gets put in, ad, in an adverse situation, especially in the postseason, then that could bring it out of them. Yeah. And that's what they might need. Yeah. You know, uh, no one would ever say like, Melvin. No one's ever going to accuse Melvin of being a polished player as a freshman, mm-hmm. you know, stone hands edge him. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. but this at the same time, you knew the dude was going to be where he needed to be. And you knew that he was going to play hard all the time. And like that. And if you play hard all the time and you play with 100% intensity to do your job the 100% correct way every single time, it's going to pay dividends in the end. That's a large part of why up until... And that's the difference between a good and great team. That's, up, kind of, that's probably the end of my rant. But Up until this year, that's a large part of what made West Virginia basketball so good. Like all those guys are way less talented than basically every other team in the league. Right. They just bust their ass every freaking play. Javon Carter. Yeah. Would Perfect anybody, example. Is, is Javon Carter more talented than half the guards that he played in, in the big 12. No, Frank Mason, no Monte Morris, Trey young dudes that are playing in the, I mean, Javon Carter's in the NBA, but it's like that guy, he said, 
I don't care about your accolades. I don't care about any of that. He said, I'm tougher than you. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. Yep. And if you're tougher than somebody, a lot of times you're going to win and you're going to do. And you know what? Sometimes you might not because sometimes that guy on the other end, they're just really freaking good, you know? And that happens sometimes. Yeah. I think Lindell did that to him a little bit last year where he was just stupid good in that one game and he, he beat Javon up. Yeah. You know? But the, but what you're saying is that mentality can can make you play above your talent level. Yeah. 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 It it makes it to where it that is what that's the leveler, you know? Mm. That is when you've got a team that's up here that is so good. The only way that if your talent if your team is down here, the only way to level that is by just saying we're going to play harder than you. To have that chip on your shoulder that says we're going to play harder than you. We're going to do our job the right way every time. We're going to get every 50-50 ball. We're going to get every off- we're going to get every rebound. We are going to go get the basketball every single time. And that you win game you can win games doing that. There are a lot of teams that win games doing that. Loyola last year. Mm-hmm. How often would would anybody say Loyola was the most talented team on the floor? Very rarely. Mm-hmm. How often did you see Loyola go out and win the 50-50 ball battle? How many offensive rebounds did they give up? Not very many. Yep. And they made shots when you had to make shots. Mm. That's what it comes down to. It's you make the shots when it's like when it's absolutely time to make the shot and you need a clutch shot, knock that shot down. When you need a clutch rebound, get the rebound. When you need a clutch stop, get the stop. And they and Iowa State just hasn't been able to do that this season. Mm. And and it's the fact that they are so talented is what makes that so frustrating, frustrating. to see. And like I said, I think that at the end of the day, That is going to be the thing five years from now, when we look back at this team, that might end up being the thing that we will say, man, those guys, that team was a really good collection of talent, Mm -hmm. but they're, they were just missing this edge that made them a great team, a team that could go and win four games in the NCAA tournament and go to the final four, a team that could go and play with Duke. Mm -hmm. That's what makes Duke a great team is the fact that they've got the really good players and those really good players, all they care about is winning the damn basketball game. Yeah. And that, like, that's why I think a team like that will win the national championship. That's why a, t- a team like Tennessee can win the national championship mm. because that's what they care about. Gonzaga, the same thing. They've got all these great players, but they get them to buy into it to say, hey, you buy into your role. At, at the end of the day, it'll all work out how it's supposed to. Buy into your role. Do your role exactly to the best ability that you possibly can do it as hard as you possibly can every single time. And the accolades will come because the team's going to be really good and you're going to get a lot of exposure and everybody's going to know what your name is, but people don't know the name of the guy who was a really good player, but sometimes he took a playoff mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, sometimes he didn't box out his man. Oh, you know, whatever. We'll get him next time. Like, no, Mm-hmm. There's going to come a point when there is no, we'll get them next time. And that point is coming really soon. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to change. It, it has to change. Or like I said, the season is going to end sooner rather than later. Than later. Correct. That's my opinion. I'm with you. There we go. That's my <laughs> rant. That was a really good rant. Basically said everything I, I would ever want to say. So k- kudos to you. I just have thought about that all day. So yeah, well, yeah, you could you could basically just transcribe what you said and turn that to a column, and that'd be what everyone needs to read. So and I 
and like I said, I don't, and I hate questioning, like, I don't want to be, oh, they're not playing hard enough guy. Mm. I'm not saying they're not playing hard. Mm. I'm saying that you can see it where there are just times when people play harder than them. And that negates the talent. Yep. Who was the more talented basketball team last night? Iowa State. Who played harder? Baylor. And who won the game? Baylor. Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. Iowa State's the most talented team in the league. Kansas State, I w- am going to venture to say nobody plays harder than them on every single night. And they might end up winning the league. And they're going to, and I think that they will be the team that win the league, wins the league because of that. Mm-hmm. Because on every given night, you know that they're going to play harder than the team across from them. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Got TCU on Saturday. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully something can change. Oh, it's on the road. So I imagine they're going to get their butts in gear. Seeing maybe that's what it is. I don't where, know. Where when, when, adver- when they go on the road. It's, again, it's a more of an adverse situation. It's more of an adverse situation. And you go into it with the mentality that you have to do those things to win. Yeah. But then when you get to Hilton Coliseum. It's too comfortable. And, and you know, man, we got all these people behind us. Got Hilton Magic, all this stuff. We're good. Mm-hmm. Do you think Naz Long was thinking that <laughs> no. in the game against Oklahoma State that year? Do you think no. George Niang was thinking that against Iowa or Monte Morris when he against Iowa when they're having to make the comebacks? Nope. No. No. Like, no. You, there comes a point where you just have to make a play. Yeah. Make the play. And if you don't make the play, you lose. And, they're, and like I said, it, it doesn't come down to who's the better basketball player. It comes down to who says, I'm going to make the play. Yep. And no one else is going to stop me from making the play. So that's, that's my thing. That's my spiel. Uh, do you think they win on Saturday? I do. I think uh, they will too. Yeah, I think this team, this is the lowest that they could get at this point, and they're going to, Prohm's going to whip their butts, I think, at practice the next few days. I think Prohm's going to say exactly what I did. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know what? I liked the fire that I saw from Mariel Shayok last night after the game. Mm-hmm. That looked like a guy where he said, we have to decide what we want our season to be. That's exactly what I needed to hear from that guy. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it needs to be him yep. that makes that decision. Yep. He's got the experience. Uh, NCAA tournament. It's coming up. We're going to have to rely on him. Yeah. Big time. All right. We'll take a break. We'll answer some mailbag questions, hot and not. And then uh, we're going to do a cereal taste test as well. <laughs> when we come back on Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys. It's Jared here with another message from Mechdyne. Are you looking to jumpstart your IT career, or maybe you're a student looking to earn some extra cash? Well, listen up. Mechdyne is currently looking to hire both full-time and part-time IT help desk agents to respond to and help troubleshoot client IT technical issues. You can get your foot in the door at an awesome company with a super fun culture that I've seen firsthand with my own eyes. So go visit the career page at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Check them out today. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. 
I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Time to answer some mailbag questions here on Stands and Fits. All right. First up today, we got Cyclones 500. Should Iowa State have a ring of honor at Jack Tri Stadium in lieu of officially retiring football jerseys? I'm already on the record in favor of this like a bunch of times. So, yes, I'm I'm fine with that, too. Um, and I would say that I, re- retiring jerseys as opposed to numbers, I'd be fine with retiring jerseys. I, I think retiring numbers in football is really stupid. Uh, so don't do that like you do in basketball. But like, if you want to specifically retire number 32 Troy Davis just again as 28 a, or sorry excuse me yeah <laughs> I got that 32 David Montgomery I, I, I had Fred Hoiberg on my mind there yeah um yeah 28 Troy Davis and just have that specific jersey be retired yeah go for it see and technically too we looked this up one day I don't remember if it was you and me I think it maybe there was some uh, some, some really odd uh guy retired right well no well, yeah, that's a that was a whole other deal okay. with the football thing. Okay. But uh, so, like, the numbers that hang in the rafters actually are retired jerseys and not retired numbers. Oh, really? Te- that's like their technical designation, mm. which I suppose means, in theory, someone could wear thirty-two, but no one's going to. No, no one ever would. You yeah. know, I mean, that'd just be be kind of dumb. You'd be stepping on know? graves, right? But or it's like everybody knows that. Number 11 will get hung in the rafters, mm-hmm. but there's some Taylor wears number 11 right now, you know, yeah. like if they were going to retire Monte's number, do you think they'd give it to somebody? No, no. Doesn't somebody wear George's number two? Uh, possibly. Wasn't, well, isn't one of the walk-ons? I might be wrong. I, I could have swore that someone. No. Okay. 31. I guess nobody wears number 31, oh. but still, you know what I mean? It's like. If, technically, that just means that their jersey is retired, and I mean that just is all a, you know how you it's all semantics, I suppose. It's just yeah. like, like how you want to view the situation. But mm-hmm. yeah, like technically, it's just they have, they like designate it officially as retired jerseys. I'm finally on the page. Yeah, retired jerseys. Okay, because like. So it's not numbers, it's retired Because like Hornacek and Waldo Wegner both wore 14. Yeah. You know. So obviously Hornacek wore it after Wegner did. Yeah. Many years after Wegner. Right. So it's just, like I said, technically someone could wear 14, but it's just like you just retire the jersey, you put their name up. Yeah. Whatever. So I, I, I'd personally be fine with that for football as well. Um, but yeah, a ring of honor. Yeah, that's cool with me too. I think that if you could incorporate that into the new... Uh, South End The Zone. new edition... Or the Northern Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Into the new edition that they're doing right now. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, if Kansas can do a ring of honor. <laughs> Surely Iowa State Then can. I think Iowa State can probably figure it out. Yeah. Definitely. You know, which I know they don't have a, Iowa State doesn't have a, you know, Gale Sayers or a, uh, or a. Uh, I'm trying to think. Todd Reesing. Yeah. <laughs> Todd Reesing, uh, Akeem Tlaib. Oh, um, yeah. Akeem Tlaib. Yep, you're right. There's some more that I'd. Yeah, can't they had, they've had, they've had head, some but... pretty good individual players at Kansas. Yeah. So, all right. So we're both in agreement there, at least. Yeah. BC Clone asks. Here, hold up. Okay. So if they were going to do that, who would be, say they were going to do five to start it? Who would be the five? Uh, Obviously, Troy Davis. That's an obvious one. George Edmondson. Yep. Um, Trying to think. Uh, I, I totally blank on these past football yeah. things. Uh, they're. 
man, what was that guy's name? Matt Blair. Matt Blair, that'd be a good one. Uh, I think that yeah, I think he'd be a good one to do. You could make an argument for Kalechi. Yeah, I think that Todd Blythe. You can make an argument for him. Yep. Uh, here I'm pulling up the, like the. You kind of we we have to mention Seneca just because again. Well, yeah, and Seneca I think Wallace. I think Seneca would be another one that. But again, I, just it, well, two, just two years hurts him. And I think that also too, like the. I think the fans would really push for that one. Yeah. You know, to get him. It's kind of like a like a Marcus Pfizer situation for basketball. Yeah. Which still kind of a still a stupid deal. But yeah. that his isn't up there. But uh I mean there's a bunch of guys from the past. Matt Player, like I mentioned him before. Uh I mean Dexter Green, mm-hmm. set from seventy eight, he was an all American. Dwayne Crutchfield. Yep. Uh Luther Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, Ed Bach is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Have to mention Jack Trice, obviously. Yeah, obviously Jack Trice. Um, I mean, there's a there's like way more guys from the old teams. Like, th- there's some pretty solid teams like in the '60s and '50s and '60s and stuff like that that some guys were on that they probably could yeah retire people from. It wouldn't just it just wouldn't be near as like sexy as to do Troy Davis, Seneca Wallace, Todd Blythe. Mm-hmm. Joel Laning and Alan Lazard, <laughs> yeah. you know, or Kalechi or yeah. whoever, you know. Yeah. That's an interesting to think about, though. But Matt Blair, I mean, I think he won Super Bowl or played in Super Bowls. Yeah. And was like a multiple time all pro. So if this this conversation that you just brought up is kind of almost like trying to think of a Iowa State football, Mount Rushmore without without coaches, basically. Yeah. I think if you did the modern day. It's hard to like look back at those. I mean, George Amundsen probably he's one of two guys to be in the Heisman voting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he would have to probably be it. Him and Troy Davis would have to be in any five that you probably do. And obviously Jack Trice for obvious reasons. And then yeah, and then Jack Trice for obvious reasons. So that's three. So like, there's two spots left if you go for five. Yeah. After that, and I would say, just for impact to the modern era of Iowa State football, I think Seneca probably would have to be up there. Yep. Um. And then Todd Blythe. Yeah. I mean, I think that would probably be the next best, best option as far as modern. And what would the criteria be? You know, is it like good for Iowa state or do they have to be an all American or like what, like what does it take to get up there? I, I just think cause like, cause then with like Seneca and Todd Blythe, they wouldn't be up there. I don't think there should have to be any kind of statistical or award based criteria. I think, yeah. I just think it's like, you know, if you make a good impact at Iowa state and for the football program, then, and you know, it's almost like one of those things where it's like you, what was it in the past where they said, uh, I don't watch porn, but I know it when I see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, or it's like, I don't know it. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it when I see it. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we don't know exactly what it takes to get your Jersey retired, but we know it when we see it. Exactly. You know, it's almost like a popular opinion kind of thing. Yeah. To, exactly. to a degree. Right. Exactly. And that's that if most people say like that person should be up there, then they should just be like, they should probably just be up there. There should you know? be obvious reasons. Assuming that they're not going to like that. They'd get their degree or whatever, if that's going to be a rule, mm-hmm. which if that's the case, then Troy Davis wouldn't get his up there anyway, <laughs> which that's another thing. I don't, I don't think you should have to get your degree. Yeah. I mean, if I see football as separate from I, the academic side, I think the fact that Pfizer and Tinsley both aren't in the rafters is because they didn't get, a degree. it's because they didn't get a degree. And I think that that's stupid. I, I because, agree there. 
to a I lot think of a majority, people, majority of fans agree with that. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think that I think if you looked at it on a national level, if you asked people from like who are the best Iowa State players from the past, I mean obviously Fred, but like Pfizer and Tinsley would probably be in that first group of guys that anybody would bring up. Yep. You know? And that's I feel like that's kind of that would kind of be the point to me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like how do we honor the people that made such an impact that they went past just our stratosphere, yeah. you know? Yep. They made in, they made waves nationally. And that's why a guy like George will be up there. That's why a guy like Monte will be up there. Mm-hmm. But that's at the same time why a guy like Naz would never be up there. Where yeah. Naz, everybody here knows the contributions that Naz made, but he never like transcended Iowa State lore, you know? Yeah, I agree. Into being a guy that like in a given season, it's like, yeah, that guy was like part of what made college basketball that year really good. Mm-hmm. Although you do look back at those Oklahoma State shots and like, man, if only those could be posted in the Raptors. Well, those those yeah. replays somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, man, it's crazy. Like in North Carolina, like they put like every all, all conference guy yeah. in the Raptors, I think. Yeah. And that's, and then I'm sure when you, when you go to their, their arena too, it makes it that much cooler to see all those jerseys. Oh, for hanging. sure. Yeah. Or like Malcolm Brogdon at Virginia. He mm-hmm. had his jersey hung like the next year. Yeah. In a game literally less than a year after he'd finished his playing career mm-hmm. like that i think that's really cool you know really really neat way to recognize someone's modern day contributions it'll be cool i hope that i'm around for the day when they do that for george and monte because mm-hmm. that is going to be really cool it's got to be within the next decade i would imagine I th- I, yeah that's the only thing i don't i feel like it there's some sort of restriction on time of like how long you have to be out of school before you can be in the hall of fame. And then like, once you're in the hall of fame, then you can get it retired or whatever. Again, to me, that's dumb to me, but I kind of get it because I know, I do know that there's there's recency bias. Yeah. But like, think for us, like 10 years from now, okay, they're going to put George Niang's Jersey in the rafters in 20. Okay. I guess it'd probably be 20, 20, six right yeah yeah 2026 so you and i would both be in our early 30s i would assume at least one of us would have kids more people that were our age would have kids Mm -hmm. and i think that the point of it is that when you take your kid to the game and they're going to do this then when that guy's out at center court and they're going to put his name up in the rafters and they say hey did you watch george niang and then you can say Yes, I did. Yeah. And he was really good. And he was unbelievable. Yeah. Like some of the stuff that he did that it, there's few people who deserve that honor more than him, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the point of it to help it bridge the gaps to, I, I, to like bridge the, the generations to an extent. And I understand that to a degree, but at the same time, when my dad started taking media games, Hoiberg's jersey was already up there and he yeah. basically had the same thing without the, you know, the encore stuff. He's like, yeah. Well, I'm not, I, not saying for every game, but I'm just saying, like, to me, yeah, that's yeah. the point. No, like, no, but, I, like, I, right yeah. now, like, most most people already know. Like, if you are coherent enough to go to the game, like, you probably already know, like, who George Niang is, yeah. you know? And you don't need to have that where there's, like, a full generation, new generation of fans that are, like, born in that time period and, like, have become of age to where they can understand that to where you can say, like, how good was that guy, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if 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 Niang's jersey got put up there now and 10 years from now I have kids, I can just point up there and be like, yeah, 
that guy was really good. Well, and I'm not trying to discount that, like saying yeah. that it would be any different, you know, but I'm just saying it's like that it's almost like a, a way to like bring them back into the, just into like the, the thought, you know, mm -hmm. that it's like that, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how to put it. I, I don't know the best way to explain it. Basically, kind of kind of transfer you back into a different time. Right. And it's just, it's a, a way like 10 years from now, we can look back and be like, man, how awesome was that? You yeah. know? And like right now, I, maybe we don't even understand like how awesome that was, you know? Yeah. And like all these guys got to come through before we realize like, man, there is never going to be another guy like that one. Yeah. You know? And see, and that's what, and I, I hate to take this back. I, it always goes back there. <laughs> For me, with like with Nebraska football. So when Tommy Frazier played, you know, I'm two years old, one year, one and a half mm -hmm. when his college football career ended. And so that was for me, like when, you know, you see his name in the stadium or like whatever, when I got old enough to like understand these things and I'd say to my dad, like, how good, like how good was Tommy Frazier? And that's exactly what it was where he's like, he just, the things he did every week, mm -hmm. you know? it blew your mind, you know? Mm. And shit, I think even on some level for people like us, like you, you can say that about Michael Jordan. I don't remember watching Michael Jordan play. Yeah. I mean, with the wizards. Yeah. With you the know? wizards. And again, I, I remember being really young and being like, and knowing that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the world. Yeah. But I don't ever really have a fond mem or a distinct memory of watching him on TV for the bulls. And that's what I think it is about this. It's that, you, it's like, you know, like every, we'll all know like how good George and Yang was like, we'll all know, or here, here's another example in that same vein. We'll all know how good LeBron James was like you and I will know how good LeBron James was, mm -hmm. but a kid that comes up like our kid will, we'll all say, Oh, this is how like LeBron James was, you know? Mm -hmm. And it'll be like, he's never actually seen LeBron James. He's only taking our word for how good. LeBron James was, yeah, you know, and it's just like, for me, I, I'm taking the word of my dad. I'm taking the word of people like Chris, how good Michael Jordan was. Cause mm -hmm. I can't remember, you know, and like that. And it just is like a way to reset that entire thing to like, bring it back to it's like, to where you're like putting it in front of these people that this guy is, this is why he's up there. And like, yeah. you, you want to have those conversations of that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the nice thing is, you know, in the digital world of today that you can kind of bring those back a lot easier, like yeah. those memories with, you know, highlights and stuff. So that's cool. Well, it's like, do you think I revere Bo Jackson as one of the great, not just baseball players, football players, whatever, one of the great athletes in American history. Yeah. Just for what he was able to do playing baseball and football. Both at a high I never high saw level. Bo Jackson, mm -hmm. you know, Bo Jackson's career was long done by the time I was coherent enough to understand sports. Mm -hmm. But I still like the highlights that you see and stuff like that. I mean, especially for then there wasn't that many, but like that guy's like a legend, you yeah. know, it's like an urban myth on mm -hmm. some level for me. Like that's what it is with Michael Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan on some level is like an urban myth. And I know I could go and watch Michael Jordan highlights, mm -hmm. but it's just like, Okay, then you just watch the highlights. You have, you have to take you people's have to have, word to some degree. You have to have those people that do have the perspective, you know, that they were there, that they did watch it on a given night, you yeah. know, and or like watch it night in and night out or whatever, and not just like take the word of someone 10 years from now who hops on YouTube and they watch George Yang's highlight tape 
if you watch George Yang's four minute highlight tape, obviously you're going to think that George <laughs> Yang's really good. Yeah. You know, it's pr- not that hard to figure it out from seeing every good thing that he ever did. Yeah, exactly. Because you think about like you take the average division one college athlete, you can make a pretty nice highlight reel of them yeah. and make it look, you know, pretty comparable to some of the greats just in a, in a three minute timeline. Right. And, and it's like, when, whenever that happens, like I want to tell my son what it was like on the night of Georgia's senior night, you know, mm. and to see grown men literally cry, like watching him give this speech, you know, and know that it was the end of something that was really special. And like just the end of like being around a person that is unlike any that probably a lot of us had ever been around, yeah. you know, or it was the same with Monte and that whole group. Just like on that night, it was like, this is the end of something you know? Yeah. And like, it's, it's not very often that you really like get that where it's like with one particular person or like a couple people or whatever. And like, that's what's so crazy to have those back to back. Like that is so rare. Yeah. And then to go back to the ten, like Pfizer Tinsley thing, it's the same deal mm-hmm. where it's like with those two guys, they did things on a given night that were so ridiculous and were so good that you just were like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Mm. damn like transcendent yeah. you know and that's why we still talk about him 20 years later yep okay that was still question one <laughs> 17 minutes in i'm sorry i'm just really on ranting <laughs> you are today that's cool with me all right bc clone asks this is a little uh, getting away from sports here for a second okay next that's fine th- for the next batman movie you can be robin or any villain who do you pick do you do you how, how much uh into batman are you um I haven't seen any of the ones with Ben Affleck. Okay. That's fair. They're not that good. So. I've seen all the old ones. The Christi- and then I've obviously I've Christian. seen the Christopher Nolan ones. Yeah. But I've seen like the, no, I've seen like the ones with the, like Batman Forever. Yep. And uh, Batman, Batman Beyond. Rob- Batman Robin. Yeah. Yeah. All those. Yep. Which was the one that had uh, Mr. Freeze? Oh, that one. I think that was Batman and Robin. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because that, yeah, that was Arnold, also Poison Ivy in it, right? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. as uh, Mr. Freeze and who played Uma Thurman, maybe? I don't know about that. I think so. Look it up. That had Bane in it, too. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I haven't seen that movie in a yeah. long time. Batman. It was one of my favorites growing up, though. I probably rewatched Robin. that like five or ten times. Yeah, and I feel, like, I feel like I remember those movies being way better than what they are. I own them now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, they probably have really bad reviews, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has got two stars on I wonder what it is on. It's got 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Which, you know, sometimes you can take Rotten Tomatoes for what it's worth. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman. Gotcha. And then I think the one before that was uh, Batman Forever, maybe with uh, Jim Carrey as the The Riddler. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shout out to the 90s Batman movies. Honestly, I think being Robin would be pretty cool. I, I honestly might just take Robin, just being the sidekick. Don't have to be the bat. I'd be down with that. Um, if I was going to have to pick a villain, though, I would probably go with the Joker. I just think that'd be a fun, really fun role to play. So you're acting as it? Like you're like the. You so can, you are the actor. You can be Man, Robin I or any villain. I couldn't be. I couldn't do Joker. The Joker, dude. I think it'd be super fun to be, just be psychotic, basically. I feel like we've seen too many, like iconic type performances in that role. Well, that's the thing. No, one, like that'd be so much pressure. Yeah. That's but, why I don't know why people keep doing that. You couldn't be as good as Heath Ledger played the Joker. And that's what Dark Knight. I mean, and Jack Nicholson even like, yeah, he, that's he, an he iconic great, movie too, you yeah. know? 
and different jokers but equally good performances right yeah but that's what i'm saying it's just like that's why i don't get why people keep doing that like yeah. i feel like you're just you're only setting yourself up to like in suicide squad now it's jared leto I yeah believe. well yeah and it's like everybody can just be like i mean yeah he's no no he's, he's fine yeah and it's yeah and exactly and it's been and it's like not that long since he played that part mm-hmm. and he did it so well man like that's just yeah. Just asking to get criticized at I mean, that point. But the thing is, I mean, yeah. And now Joaquin Phoenix is going to do it too. I'm thinking, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm just thinking from a personal enjoyment perspective, I would enjoy playing the Joker. Okay, but but if if I'm thinking of the uh, the audience perspective, then yeah, I'd probably go for I'd probably go for the Riddler because again, Carrie was pr- all right, yeah. in my opinion, in that movie. But I mean, he was time, good for that role. It but... wasn't like he was iconic like Ledger was. No, uh, I think that Two Face would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And then, I mean, I guess technically kind of, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. I mean, in the, isn't that in oh, uh, The Dark Knight? Harvey Dent. Yeah, I mean, Harvey Dent, but I can't remember what that guy's name uh, is. It's Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> the yeah. guy who looks like Fred yeah. Hoiberg. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Aaron something. Aaron, Aaron Eckert. Aaron Eckert, yeah. 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 Uh, but like, I mean, he wasn't really Two-Faced for very long, so no. it didn't really matter, you yeah. know? But uh, no, I think that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. Was well, that that was that was Dark Knight, right? Not yeah. That was Dark yeah, Knight. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he because the whole Dark Knight Rises is like what's it's all Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, hot knot. You want to go first this week? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my hot this week. I need to talk to somebody about J Cole's starter jacket. All right. I haven't seen it. So let me oh my up. gosh. J J Cole. Uh, where was it? The All Star Game. At the All Star Game, dude. Oh. J. Cole All-Star Game. I'm, I'm Googling it. It was so good, dude. Oh, I see it now. So it's like, oh, the Hornets. Yeah. The throwback Hornets. I like it. Man. That's a cool jacket. I said, I tweeted it out Sunday night. I know most people weren't watching the All-Star Game. You know, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> uh, but I was like, I saw that and I just instantly fell in love. I fell in love with a piece of clothing. And I want to know. Why was it why was it that something that was so iconic, so cool for such a period of time? Like why did it go away mm-hmm. for so long to now like now we look at those and it's like you want the retro one. Like you wouldn't even want a starter jacket from today. Like I want that one from 1993 with, the, the, thing. with the Hornets on if it. If the you Hornets know? like went back to this exact look, wouldn't everyone universally they basically have though. universally praise it? They have basically though. I mean, have they adopted the logo too? Yeah, I think so. Oh, seriously. Or maybe no, maybe not that. I thought, I thought they had a, a pretty but modern. I feel like logo. they like embrace it more than they they used to. They used to, yeah. You know, but no, like that. That's that's what I. I need that jacket. I wonder how much in particular that jacket cost. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think it, it was higher just because it's a throwback? I bet it's one hundred fifty bucks, dude. At least that might be worth it, though. It's a pretty cool jacket. Like I've tried to get a starter jacket before. Or basically a replica one, not an original, you mm-hmm. know, because I can't imagine what an original one would cost. Yeah. But uh, they're all expensive. I mean, like they, even the ones that aren't that nice are probably seventy five bucks. Yeah, you know, that one would I, I imagine that one would be stupid expensive. Yeah, I wish I had had one from back in the day just so I could wear it around all the time. Got to ask J Cole for a favor. Just a stunt on for everybody. Yeah. All right. What's your hot? All right, my hot. Uh, I'm going across the 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 way here to Drake basketball. In a tie for first in the Missouri Valley Conference. They actually are 
uh, as of right now are alone half, in alone in first place. Half game ahead, yes. But I think the the other teams are playing either tonight or sometime okay. soon. Yeah. But uh, I believe they have three. I might be wrong, but I think they have three games left on their schedule. Yeah, they're going to be on CBS Sportsnet on Saturday. Yeah. Chris Hassel on the call. They're tied with Missouri State and Loyola. So that's going to be real interesting to see because they, they were not expected to be near this good this year. Well, no. Especially after they lost Nick Norton. Yeah. So they didn't they have to replace like nine people. Yeah. Dude, that guy's a good coach. Yeah. I knew. So I was on KX Snow the day that he got hired. Mm. And I, I mean, I had a pretty good idea it was a good hire. Everybody did, you know, and like he'd been with so many good coaches for so long. You had to know that he knew his stuff. And like for him to finally feel comfortable enough to jump and take this opportunity, mm. it was like, okay, I feel like this guy's going to do a good job. Yeah. But then when we interviewed him that day, he left and I said to Ross in the break, I was like, that guy's going to win basketball games at Drake. Like that guy is going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. And I think that they might be able to keep him around for a while too. That job, that, that program is going to be a force in the Valley yep. in a year. You know, I mean, they're kind of a force in the Valley right now. Yeah. And who, but who knows how much of that's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. The way it's kind of worked out, but like once he is able to really get his program in, I think that they will be a power in the Valley. I would not disagree with that. Would you say that their, their five-year outlook is better than Northern Iowa's right now? I don't know. Uh, I just don't know enough about their roster, mm. you know? Jake's a really good coach, too. He is. Like, yeah. that's the, the other thing. And, I mean, I think they're going to be good in a couple of years it, as A.J. Green keeps getting better. Mm. Like, that kid's, that kid's a player, yep. you know? Obviously, Iowa State was recruiting him. They're going to have some good battles here the next several seasons, I think. Mm. And the thing that I like about Darren is I think that he is going to do – this was my thing. I, I was like, if you're going to have – like, if Drake is wants to really make a dent in this thing, I think, then they had to make a point to – be like Des Moines team. Yeah. So when there's a really good player in Des Moines, it's like, do whatever you got to do to get him to try and keep that kid in the city. Yep. You know, and I think he's going to try and do that more than maybe what guys in the past had done. Mm. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. They are fun to watch. It's interesting. I want to get to a game. It's funny because, you know, looking back at Iowa State when they played Drake early this year in the, in the high V classic, you, you kind of thought that, oh yeah, Iowa State's going to run them over. Because it's a rebuilding year for Drake, but no, Drake actually ended up turning. They only have like one senior too, don't they? Maybe Uh, two. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to lose a whole lot. No. Yeah, they're going. I I wouldn't be shocked if they're. I guess I'd have to look at it more. I don't know what everybody has coming back, but would you be shocked if they're picked to win the valley next year? Um, I would assume that Loyola is probably going to lose a decent amount. They're going to lose Custer. Yeah. Uh, maybe a couple other. Well, they got that. What? What was his name? Uh, the big guy. Yeah. Crone, Cronwig or something like yeah. that. Uh, Cam, Cam Cronwig or is something. He a, is he a junior this year? He was a freshman last year. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he was a freshman of the year in the he, league. He's a real nice big. So, but I, I think that Custer and their guards kind of made make them go. So yeah. they're probably gonna take a step back. They've taken a step back this year. Yeah, I mean they went like sixteen and one or something in the league last year. Yeah, they're still they're still pretty good, but they're not as good as they were last year. Right. They're not gonna go on a Final Four run again this year. No, I don't think so. I think that was just like a perfect, perfect team at the perfect time yeah. and they i think they got I've, i'd have to go back and look but it seems like they've got they got some bounces in the yeah bracket too didn't they I'm pretty did sure. they play kansas state in the uh elite, in eight? elite eight yeah and that's that's how uh or no 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 didn't they well let's see they played nevada in the um sweet 16 
And then they, I think they played K-State. Yeah, I think they played K-State. Because I think that was when I was like... Oh, yeah, because they, they beat K-State to go to the Final Four. I like hopped off the Bruce Weber train for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah, yeah. beat K-State in the Elite Eight. Beat... Uh, beat uh, come on, scroll. Um, they beat Nevada in the Sweet 16. Beat... That was a fun game. Yeah, it was. Uh, second round, they beat... Was it my or no, Miami? Tennessee. Game. Okay, yeah. Which was a good win. Tennessee was a good team last year. Yep. As we, oh, as, as we obviously learned, even better this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, Tennessee is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who they play? And then they beat Miami in the first round. That's right. They won their first two games by a combined three points. <laughs> they went to the final four. Hey, man! Players that have the right attitude just know how know how to finish out games. Man, that almost proves my point even further. There you go. The way that, yeah, for the way those guys played. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my not this week. So I've noticed here over the last couple games that I think they've amped the music up in Hilton Coliseum. Do you think this is in response to fans kind of gushing over the Kansas? I think that this thing? is funny and I could be reading too much into it, but I know that people out there listen to our podcasts. Oh, really? And they went, they talked about this on the podcast one day for a long time. Like, for almost an entire episode, mm. I feel like. And then it seemed like the next day, they cranked it. They up. all of a sudden, the music all of a sudden was exponentially louder. And, I, and I was like, man, I wonder if that's like in, like if somebody heard that and they're like, okay, we need to make a move. But in conjunction with that, so I went to the game in Manhattan on Saturday. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it is about the, the water in the state of Kansas, but they've got the hype videos down to a freaking science, dude. Yeah. Like they know how to do that thing. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Where Jacob Pullen, Michael Beasley, you know, all the great players from Kansas State's history, you see every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's exactly what I want to see from the pre-starting lineup video at Hilton Coliseum. And I know that they have had some really good uh, intro videos in the past, but this year's is, isn't on that caliber. No. This one, and it, I, I think you just got to mix them. You know, like you got to be able to mix in the current players and like the past, the, the right. legends. Yeah and, yeah. and that's like what I think they do a really good job of there. And I think they do a really good job of it on Fieldhouse is just like the history of everything, you know, getting the uh, just the lore of the arena, mm-hmm. the octagon of doom and, you know, like getting all the famous people into everything. The yeah. guy, the guys that we've been talking about earlier, you yeah. know, and it's like, think how amped people would get if you see Barry Stevens and Jeff Grayer and mm. Fred Hoiberg, uh, you know, go on up the list. And I remember a, a few Marcus years ago, Jamal Tinsley. there was a line that was from an old radio call, I think, or it was pandemonium is raging in Hilton Coliseum. Yeah. And like they played that. Right. And like get, get Pete Taylor's voice in there. Yeah. You know, and get Naz's shot up there against Oklahoma state, get all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing that I want to see. And that's the thing I think gets people really amped because it's like, then you're remembering how great it's felt to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the great moments of it's like just pure jubilation in that building. And that's, I feel like what you want people to be channeling, like as you're going into the game, yeah. you know? And it kind of reminds also like to a, the, the thing that like the kind of stuff that gives you chills remembering yeah. it, you know? And plus the, the current players get to look back and see it all that history too. Yeah. Makes them appreciate it more I, to a small degree. Yeah. But no, I, they've, made a, they've made a step. It's time to fix the intro videos. It's mm-hmm. time to fix them. What about Jock Jams, though? It's time. Uh, what about Jock? 
<laughs> hey, we'll we'll take it one step at a time. We'll right. Turn the music up. Baby steps. We'll do. We'll get the videos next, and then we'll get back to the jock jams thing. Then we'll really try and tackle the jock jams and and kill jock jams for good. All right, fair enough. Break the CD. Yes, it's got to be a CD. It has no, it to be. Is. Oh yeah, that CD came out in like 1993. <laughs> yeah, my grandma owns that CD. It's it's surprising that they haven't burned a hole in the CD yet, to be honest. Uh, they probably have just like a whole room full of Jock Jams <laughs> True. CDs. They, they bought multiple copies to be prepared. For I wonder how much you could buy a Jock Jams CD for on eBay. Uh, probably like five bucks. There's, I'm sure they've been overproduced, so there's, it's not like there's any shortage of supply. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just <laughs> kidding, mostly. Anywho. All right, what's your not? All right, my not. We need to get to this last thing because this is probably going to take some time. We do. Uh, my not is Sour Patch Kids cereal. So yeah, <laughs> Okay, there we go. We're already on it then. I was walking through Walmart. Let's the do other the day. other ones first. Let's, let's finish with that one. You wanna, do we, wait, do we want to have a clear palate when we do that one? I think, well, I think we want to start with this one just because I do want to have a clear palate for okay. it. Okay. See how good it, or not good it is. I was just saying. I, I imagine it's going to be, gonna be really terrible. Bad. But yeah, they have a, a Sour Patch Kids cereal now. And uh, we have, I actually have three cereals here today. We're starting with Sour Patch Kids. I also got Nutter Butter and uh, Brown Sugar Cinnamon Pop-Tarts. And I think these are all pretty new. So we're going to try these to confirm that they're actually not worthy. I don't think I want this much. Do you like, want, we're do just going to throw this away. Do you want milk? I mean, I mean, you've already... I feel like I have to have milk on yeah, it. Yeah, we got we to try it as it's intended. Yeah, apologies uh, for the chewing noises that you're going to hear in the next uh, like three minutes of this podcast. You know what, man? That tastes a lot like uh, I was just gonna a, say a Fruit Loop. I was just gonna say I think you're gonna call me crazy, but these actually might not be that bad. That that wasn't terrible. I want to see how the milk tastes once we get the milk in here, though. But yeah, did that did that not remind you of a a Fruit Loop? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Like after, I think there's almost just like a little bit of a coating on it you know yeah and it's like once you get past the coating you gotta get past the sour because then they're yeah, sweet yeah all right get this first bite all right yo dog those aren't that bad they aren't actually i'm those, actually pretty surprised yeah i actually think i wouldn't buy them no like because i wouldn't want to eat those all the time mm -hmm. but you know as far as uh, fruity sugar cereal goes, that's not terrible. I feel I feel bad for them that people are going to look at that and be like, "That sounds disgusting," and not want them and like, <laughs> like give me. them an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I tweeted about that. I was like, "Science has gone too far," but obviously they aren't that bad. No, perfectly fine. Like yeah. I, yeah, like I said, like I'm not going to go out and buy them. I wouldn't want probably want them all the time. Mm. But it's like if this was your only option. I, you I, could do worse. Yeah, there's way worse cereals out there. Yeah, you know. All right, so uh, next we'll we'll roll on to the uh, brown sugar cinnamon pop tart cereal. Have you tried any of these? I have not. Okay. These are all fresh and new for me. Okay. Um, I yeah, I texted you before we came on and confirmed. Uh, I had got the brown sugar cinnamon over the strawberry variety, which apparently was a good idea. I expect these are might are probably gonna be. Yeah, I, I don't. I shouldn't say they're gonna be my favorite because nutter butter sounds pretty good too. I don't know how to like. Like, what do you think these will be like? They they look kind of like. Uh, well, supposedly they have filling in them or something. Yeah, or they, delicious filling in every bite. The the box claims they remind me of like. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of. Have you ever had the crave cereal? No, I don't think so. Okay, but there's like something that's got shapes kind of like this that they're like folded. I can't remember what they're called though. Frosted mini wheats. 
No, 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 no. Not frustrating language. I would okay. go that one. That's my go-to. Okay. Uh, That's my go-to as well. But no, I don't know what it is. All right. Well, we're going to try. It's like Quaker Oats or something. Okay. Those aren't bad. Um, They're more soft than I envisioned. Uh, yeah, they are. Being. They're like they're... They're in, obviously, brown sugar cinnamon isn't a very strong flavor. No. Um, it's It, it kind of reminds me of a really muted um, cinnamon toast crunch in a way. Not the texture, but the taste. They really are just like, it's like if you just cut up, you just cut up Pop-Tarts. Honestly, I'm pretty underwhelmed by these. I am too. I, I would make, I think there's an argument to be made that the Sour Patch Kids if you look at them for what they are, are better than the Pop-Tart cereal. Yeah, like if I was going to eat these, I would just be like, man, I just want a Pop-Tart. Yeah. You know, like I, like I, that's what I'm, now I'm just, I'd rather just eat a normal Pop-Tart. Yeah, and I should say that I'm not a huge uh, straight Sour Patch Kids fan, but I think I would consider eating this cereal before I would, would the candy. Yeah. Well, no, I'm a big fan of the Sour Patch candy. Yeah, I, like, I like the watermelons more than the, the regular ones. So anywho... So in my rankings, personally, I'm putting the Sour Patch Kids above the, the Pop-Tarts for now. I'm skeptical of these Nutter Butter ones. Dude, Nutter Butter is one of my favorites. So I, I have big expectations for these. Don't put too many in there. Right. I feel like you used too much out of your boxes. We almost could have just done like one bite with each of them. Oh, that's all right. I'm not going to eat any more of this cereal. You don't want to part of a nutritious balanced breakfast? <laughs> at 6.40 at night? At... <laughs> Breakfast is universal. You can eat breakfast any time of the day. These smell weird. They smell like Nutter Butter, which is not weird. I, I'm a little bit offended by that. I don't know. They smell weird. I don't, I'm sorry. We're just doing this for science. Yeah. I, I didn't want to get only Sour Patch Kids because that would have been... You didn't have anything to compare them to. Man, these are just Cap'n Crunch knockoffs. They do taste a lot like peanut butter Cap'n Crunch. Yeah. But... That's also happens to be one of my favorite cereals, so I super like these as well. I feel like they probably cut your mouth just like Captain Crunch does too. <laughs> probably. That's the worst part of Captain Crunch, dude. That is the one downside because you, your mouth feels raw after you eat Captain. I was Crunch. say you you remember the fact that you ate Captain Crunch for like a week. You do like the the roof of your mouth. You you can tell that you ate cereal. Yeah. They might as well just put little razor blades in there, <laughs> put some peanut butter on them. Yep. That's a a good comparison. I do I do really like the taste though. Uh, so this is the Nutter Butter is my favorite. Then Sour Patch, then, then Pop-Tart. Yeah, I mean, I'll say... Yeah, I'd probably say the same. Okay. So, uh, actually, so I, I did pick the Sour Patches by not, but it turns out they're more of a, a lukewarm. Okay. So <laughs> I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Indeed. All, All right. right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we'll back next week. We've already done like an hour and 15 minutes. So Let's I'm, cut it off. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason for hot... Or for would you rather. All right. Uh, We'll be back next week, episode 58. Uh, as always, presented by the Professional MBA Program with the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, right here in the Carl Chevrolet Studios, the Cyclone Fanatic offices. You've been listening to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Beat the Horn Frogs. Peace.